Hey, welcome to episode number 80 of this podcast that is dedicated to the amazing value of Scripture. My name is Dan Nold. I'm a pastor in Central PA whose life has literally been changed by the Spirit of God bringing to life the Word of God. And, and my simple prayer is that God would do the same for you. In the last episode, we dove into the portion of Mark chapter 4 that was comparing the kingdom of God to seeds. And so we, we took some time and, and pondered the connection between a life that thrives and seeds that produce a 100-fold return. Remember, we talked about things like it, it's okay for there to be some mess. <laughs> seeds grow better in the mess. And we talked about the fact that, that my life, my seed has to die in order to produce a return. In this episode, we're going to drill down into the main parable of Mark 4, what some call the parable of the seeds or or the parable of the soils, but but perhaps even more should be called the parable of the sower, because God always takes center stage. And before I read it, let me just give you two interpretive clues to remember. The soil represents your heart, my heart, my life, my mind, my soul, my will represents me. The seeds represent the words of God. So this is a great more than bread parable. So listen in as I read Mark chapter 4, just verses 1 through 20 in the New Living Translation. Once again, it says, Jesus began teaching by the lakeshore, and a very large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat in the boat while the people remained on shore, and he taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, Jesus said. A farmer went out to plant some seed, and as he scattered it, my words, this is how they did it. This is what you need to picture in your mind is is the farmer walking through a field and just throwing. They they have a a pouch that holds a seed, and they take out handfuls of seed, and they, they cast it. They throw it. They scatter it across the field. Some of the seed fell on a footpath, hard ground, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, even a hundred times, remember? A hundredfold, a hundred times as much as had been planted. And then he said, anyone with ears... To hear should listen and understand. Later, when Jesus was alone with the twelve disciples and with those who were gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant. He replied, You are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they'll learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Now, it's really important to understand, and we'll get to this in a moment, but I I want you to understand this is not what Jesus wants. He's saying this is what happens. Verse 13, then Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? The farmer plants seeds by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. But the seed 
that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word. I, I would say those who listen, learn, and lean in. Those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even a hundred times as much as has been planted. So Jesus once told this story. It's a story of growth and harvest. Actually, it's a parable about uncommon growth and harvest. Remember from the last uh, episode, we said that a typical harvest return in those days would have been sixfold or sevenfold, maybe tenfold. Jesus saying, even at 30, you can live a life that is just amazing. Jesus is telling the story to give us a, a bold hint of a foundational quality of people who not only thrive, but help others thrive as well. And the quality is this, you listen, you have ears to hear and hearts to pursue the words of God, you listen. I've taught this story a number of times in the last five or 10 years, and so I was praying, asking God for something fresh to share with you on this podcast, and there's just one word that came back over and over and over again, and the word was listen. Tell them to listen. Tell them to get rid of the distractions. Tell them to get rid of the noise. Tell them to find a quiet place and be still and listen. Jesus gives the meaning of the parable in Mark 4.20. He says, The seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as had been planted. In other words, my life, our lives could produce a 100-fold harvest if we listen. Those who choose to listen, who prioritize listening to God, the voice of God, will thrive and leave an uncommon mark in the world. You know, I'm not even sure we can even begin to understand the incredible power of the words of God, the voice of God. The words of God are creative and power and loving and wisdom, life-giving words that, that redeem. In fact, in Psalm 107, verses 19 through 20, the psalmist writes, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. How did he save them? He sent out his word to heal and deliver them. Or how about Romans 15, 4? Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. The word of God brings hope. And in Psalm 199, 105 to 107, the psalmist writes, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have suffered much. Renew my life by your word, O Lord. The word of God brings renewal and revival, new energy, new love to redeem old hurts. Is that what you need right now? Then listen. George Mueller is one of my heroes of prayer. He, he had the most incredible prayer life. He saw some of the most amazing answers to prayer. He was a man who, who, who changed his world. In his lifetime, Mueller provided a Christian education to over 120,000 kids. He distributed three quarters of a million New Testaments, supported hundreds of missionaries, and over 10,000 orphans. When he started, he was a penniless preacher in a small church with nothing more than a dream and a bold faith in prayer. When I first studied the life of Mueller, I did so because he was known as a man of prayer. In other words, he knew how to talk to God, but there was a point where he was struggling in his prayer life. His, his prayer life was dry and powerless, but then something changed, and here's what he wrote in his journal. He wrote, it pleased the Lord to teach me a truth, the benefit of which I have not lost, though more than 40 years have passed. The point is this. I found the most important thing I had to do was, every day was to give myself to the reading of the Word of God and to meditation on it, that thus my heart might be comforted, encouraged, warned, reproved, instructed, 
and that while meditating, my heart might be brought into experiential communion with the Lord. It was this early morning time in God's word that prepared Mueller for life that was fully ready to seize every divine moment and and have a hundredfold return on his life. It, he was a listener. Now, this parable is all about listening, about hearing. He starts the story in verse 3 with the word listen. And then he tells a story about seeds, a farmer scattered seeds. And, and the seed lands on four types of ground. Each soil brings a different result. But only the good soil brings a return on investment. It's not a problem with the seeds. It's it's a, a difference of soil. And, and then he finishes the story in verse 9 with the words, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now, don't miss that. For Jesus, listening is more than just hearing. It goes a, a bit deeper than just letting the words flow in your ears. Here's the deal. When Jesus told the story, no one understood it, right? I mean, remember back in verse 10, it says that when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and and, and with the others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant. They had listened, but they didn't understand. And, and he replied this kind of cryptic thing that if we're not careful, I don't like it. <laughs> he replied, you are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they'll learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. And don't you just want to read that part or hear that part without lingering? Don't you just wish I'd just kind of not come back to that? <laughs> and this is not what we would expect Jesus to say. Do you hear Jesus? He's saying there are insiders and outsiders. And the reason I use parables is so that outsiders will learn nothing, understand nothing, and not find grace. But, but notice something here. If all we have is this moment in the life of Jesus... How would we distinguish between outsiders and insiders? Because it's not just the 12 disciples. Remember back verse 10, Jesus was alone with 12 disciples and others and others and others who had gathered around. See, the insiders are simply those who stuck around to seek deeper understanding. Now, now stick with me for a minute because this is important. Don't skip the space between the parable and the explanation of the parable. It's It's vital. When Jesus says, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, it'll be difficult to understand all the other parables. He isn't saying, this is the easy one. If you don't get the easy one, you'll never graduate to the hard ones. He's saying there's a principle in this parable that you need to get. If you don't get and apply this principle, you'll live your life as an outsider and, and you'll miss it all. What's the principle? The principle is you have to listen and not just listen. You need to stick around and ask questions and, and you need to come back again and again. Don't be satisfied with a surface understanding. Dig deeper and, and, and don't, don't be satisfied with just hearing, listen, learn and lean in. Treat the words of God like treasure. Embrace them. Don't give up till they sink deep into your heart. Embrace by your life. Some of you are thinking right now, it's just not that easy, Dan. I try, I really do, but nothing happens. I don't hear the voice of God. I don't understand. Well, in the language of the parable, then try working the soil. Because I want to tell you, it's not a seed problem. It's a soil problem. Work the soil. Look at verse 15. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. Now, now just imagine Jesus. He's teaching from a boat, it says. He's surrounded by a, a sea of people. And perhaps up the hill, there's a farmer. Jesus points to the farmer. He's sowing his seed. He's, he's scattering the seed. And they all look. And, and Jesus says, some of the seed falls on the path. 
well-traveled walking paths became hard-packed, almost like pavement, and the seed doesn't have a chance, right? That's what it's like with hard hearts. What do you imagine when you think of hard hearts? Bitterness, cynical, angry, coldness, maybe a prodigal, maybe maybe rebellious. Maybe you're a little short with your kids. You find it hard to love your spouse. And, and when people talk about being in love with God, you just don't get it. Where does the hardness come from? I mean, doesn't it come when it seems like someone is always stepping on our hearts, walking all over us, old hurts, long-term disappointments, painful circumstances? If you want to stay soft, we need to forgive quickly. If you want a soft heart, we need to forgive quickly because an amazing thing happens when we forgive. The wounded places in our hearts start to heal and and the hard places start to get soft. That's called working the soil. Now, as hard as this may sound, the hard place in our hearts, even the hardness that comes from hurt, it's ultimately a place where we have told God, no, no, I will not listen. I will not open up. I will not get soft. I will not let you plow my hard heart. I will not forgive. I will not confess. I will not turn away from sin. The Holy Spirit maybe right now is tugging at you. If so, then just look inside at your heart soil. Are there any hard places? Just ask yourself, is my heart soft and tender, open towards God and and others, is it receptive or hard? Is there bitterness inside me? See, God wants to make you tender, give you the heart to forgive and, and make things right. There's another way to work the soil. In verses 16 through 17, Jesus says, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message, immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's words. There's no depth. Now, what do you imagine when you think of Shallow soil, shallow hearts. I think of superficial relationships, <laughs> too much television or social media. Sometimes we're so connected to people who aren't in our presence that we can't be connected to the people who are close to us. I think of commitments that are easily broken, people who value comfort over sacrifice. I think of five-minute prayers and a faith that is lightly touched rather than deeply held. Can I... Can I tell you at least one way? There's probably other ways, but at least one way to go deeper. If you want to dig deep, focus on others. Specifically, take the focus off of you. The first step to deep soil is to embrace the statement, it's not all about me. The more we focus on self, the more shallow we are. But when we look outward, when we serve others, when we take our eyes off ourselves, when we begin to see how important my service, my sacrifice, my life is for somebody else, we begin to go deep and we learn to listen. So, Stay soft, dig deep. And one more way to work the soil, verses 18 through 19. This is the seed that fell among the thorns, and it represents those who hear God's word. But the message is quickly crowded out by the worries. I would say the distractions, the distractions, the busyness, the hurry of this life. The soil is crowded, distracted, it's crowded with clutter. Does that sound familiar? Sometimes there's so many good things that I just don't have time to, to devote to coming back again and again and again to listen carefully, to ask questions. I'm paying attention to so many other things. I'm, I'm giving my ears to so many other voices that I have no attention left to pay. Hey, listen, God's not going to fight Facebook for your time. He thinks his words are valuable enough that I should want to hear. 
So if I want to hear, I need to cultivate for one thing. I, I need to cultivate a passion for one thing. And, and what did what did Jesus say? The closer you listen, the more you learn. The deeper you lean into God's words, the more you'll be given. Let, let me encourage you, take a month or two and give God an extraordinary amount of time in the word. And, and maybe you say, so how much is that? What's extraordinary? I don't know. What's your ordinary? <laughs> Whatever your ordinary is, do a little extra. Read the whole gospel of Mark. And when you come to the parable of the soil, hey, read it all at once. <laughs> it's about maybe a half hour to 60 minutes. And when you come to the parable of the soils, ask God, show me what my soil is. And then listen. And then respond. And then read some more. And every once in a while, stop and say, Jesus, I'm listening. <laughs> and then when he speaks, respond. And stop and say, Jesus, I'm, I'm listening. And then read some more. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, not only will you give an extraordinary amount of time, but it will be an extraordinary time in the Word. So let me read once more that parable in Mark chapter 4, verse 20, um, through um, in the, the paraphrase, the message, and then pray for you. He went back to teaching by the sea, and a crowd built up to such great size that he had to get into an offshore boat, using the boat as a pulpit. As the people pushed to the water's edge, he taught by using stories, many stories. Listen, what do you make of this? A farmer planted seed, and as he scattered the seed, some of it fell on the road, and the birds ate it. Some fell in the gravel, and it sprouted quickly, but it didn't put down roots. So when the sun came up, it withered just as quickly. Some fell in the weeds, and as it came up, it was strangled among the weeds, and, and nothing came of it. And some fell on good earth and came up with a flourish, producing a harvest exceeding his wildest dreams. Are you listening to this? Really listening? When they were off by themselves, those who were close to him, along with the twelve, asked about the stories. He told them, you've been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works. But to those who can't see it yet, everything comes in stories, creating readiness, nudging them toward a welcome awakening. These are people whose eyes are open, but they don't see a thing, whose ears are open, but they don't understand a word, who avoid making an about face and getting forgiven. He continued, do you see how the story works? All my stories work this way. The farmer plants the word. Some people are like the seed that falls on the hardened soil of the road. No sooner do they hear the word than Satan snatches away what has been planted in them. And, and some are like the seed that lands in the gravel. When they first hear the word, they, they respond with great enthusiasm. But there's such a shallow soil of character that when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arrives, there's, there's nothing to show for it. The seed cast in the weed represents the ones who hear the kingdom news but are overwhelmed with worries about all the things they have to do and all the things they want to get. The stress strangles what they heard and nothing comes of it. But the seed, the seed planted in the good earth, the good soil, the good heart represents those who hear the word, embrace it, and produce a harvest beyond their wildest dreams. Father God, I pray for each and every person listening to this episode. God, would you remind us, would you show them that, that there is more to us than we can see, that even though it seems like my life is nothing more than a tiny seed, a mustard seed of a weed, that, that when I'm planted, you can bring forth an amazing harvest. Jesus, would you reveal to each person listening, what is our soil? What is the soil of my heart, of my life? 
Is it hard? Is it shallow? Is it distracted, hurried, busy? Or is it good soil? God, I pray that each and every one of us, you, you would plant within us a desire to be good soil. You'd show us what we need to do, what we need to surrender. God, would you come and plow up the hard ground of our hearts? Jesus, would you take away the distractions? Spirit of God, show us. Show us where we, we have a shallow heart. And I pray that each and every one of us listening, God, that, that you would produce in us as we listen to your word, as we understand, as we learn, as we lean in, that you would produce a harvest 30, 60, 100-fold, an uncommon harvest. God, I pray for each and every person that you would plant their lives in the, in, in the soil of their, their neighborhoods and, and workplaces and schools and, and that you would bring about a great harvest. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.